Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us today for Faith Friday. I'm glad you're with us. And uh, as we always say, if you're driving down the road, be very cautious. Pull over to the side. Pull somewhere. We don't need you riding down the road and, and trying to listen and hear and, uh, you know, become a, a problem with the other drivers. But uh, if you're not driving, if you're not uh, in your car but you're home, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you uh, listening to us. And uh, we, we are excited about what God's doing. And for those that are with us here, uh, we all would like to see you here as well. If you can come and be with us. I'm, I'm um, still amazed when I do get out and around people how many uh, are not going anywhere? Uh, how many churches are still not opened up and people are not, even if they're open, they're not going back to church. And, uh, but we're open here at Abundant Living Ministries, always have been, by the help and grace of God, always will be. So uh, we invite everybody to come and be a part of what God's doing here in this place and in uh, South Florida as well. But uh, we have a theme that we're using, and that is that we're going to have fun in 21. And I believe we need, I believe God's calling the church to bring back the joy of the Lord to a world in darkness. I found so many people who have nothing to laugh about, nothing to rejoice about, and uh, it becomes very depressing. People are depressed. People are frustrated. They, uh, they're, fi they, they, they're on edge. Uh, they're looking for somebody to blame. Uh, if you've noticed that, uh, they take an innocent person that's doing nothing but minding their own business, but because this person over here is angry and frustrated, they find something fault with this innocent person over here, and the people don't even know it. What did I do to you? No, you didn't do anything. It's just a, the age, the, 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 the age that we're living in right now. And it's the job of the church to restore the joy of the Lord. I want you to understand that. As a Christian, as a believer, God is calling us to restore the joy of the Lord. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And so everywhere you go, remember you're there to bring joy. So I would say to all Christians, come up with something funny to say or talk about. Whatever it takes to get somebody to laugh. See, you, you, you got to get them to laugh. You got to get them to laugh. The joy of the Lord. Uh, that's how God handles all derision in the earth. The Bible said he, when he sees the derision, he laughs. His, his remedy for all uh, uh, these things is to laugh. See, I found out uh, laughter, uh, as they say, is good medicine, it's the best medicine. So learn a few things to 
laugh about, and, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an illustration today. Here, also, uh, here, and maybe you can use it somewhere when you're talking to somebody who's depressed and down and out. Go with me to the book of Daniel, chapter 3. Daniel, chapter 3. And um, it's a story, familiar story, of uh, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. And uh, their encounter with some competitors in life. And how they were uh, accused and charged of uh, insurrection to the Babylonian Empire. And uh, we know the story, how the, uh, the fiery furnace and so forth. But let's look at this in, in, in today's uh, vernacular, today's thinking about this. First of all, um, the day that we live in <clears throat> presents us with a situation that we've never gone through before. We've never, we've never gone through it. And we're living <clears throat> in a situation which is much like Daniel chapter 3 for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Our uh, competitors for life, if you please, people around us, and we're all striving to live, they uh, have a tendency... Uh, to find fault with the people of God. Have a tendency to find fault. I'm noticing it more and more. It's more of an open um, attitude of, of, of you're not one of us. You don't belong with us or so forth. And, and uh, you, you, you need to change your thinking and you need to, to be, you know, be more like us if you're going to live uh, in this world with us. But we're going to look at this today. Now, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were Jewish uh, men <clears throat> who had been brought over by the Babylonian king. And through the handiwork of God... Through, through the, uh, the purpose, plan, and expectation of God, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had been promoted to the chief economist of all of the Babylonian Empire. They were chief when it came to the economy. Everything that went on in the Babylonian Empire... Uh, went through or went across the desk of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There was no economic movement without, their, uh, without them having their hand on it. That's how important they were. We need to know that. And that's because God promised Abraham that his seed would be the official economist of the earth. You people, I'm teaching you a lot of stuff here. You better get hold of this. 
These people didn't show up one day just to, no, 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 no. They have a promise, the Jewish nation, the covenant Jew has a promise from God through Abraham that they are the official economist of the earth. Now, a lot of people don't know that, but they're taught that from birth. Anything has to do with the economy, it's going across the Jewish desk somewhere. I don't care what part of the world it's in. I don't care if it's in Saudi Arabia. I don't care where it's at, England, where it's in Washington. It's going across because they have been given that right by God as covenant people to be the economist of the earth. So we might as well get used to that. That's the way it is, see? And... Uh, so they were in charge of, of the economy of Babylon. And this king, Nebuchadnezzar, <clears throat> he decided for some reason that uh, he was going to take on the responsibilities of God for his country. He was going to become the, the provider, the source, the resource. And uh, he was going to take control of the whole country. So he comes up with this idea of making this golden idol. Uh, and this golden idol was to be a representative of his uh, deity. He was in charge of everything. And everyone was required to honor his deity and to bow down to this golden idol. And when we look in Daniel uh, 3, uh, he's, he's calling them all together. And, and look at verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and a, the breadth thereof six cubits. And he set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent together together the Congress, the Supreme Court, the military, the economist, the governors of the states, the law enforcement of the land, and he called them together that they might be in unity and declare his deity and worship and bow down before the golden idol. And he did this for a time or two. And, and uh, then all of a sudden, a group that was known as the Chaldeans, they noticed as they looked around that there were some people that were not there. The Congress was there. The Supreme Court was there. The president was the every, every but where are the economists? The economists are not there, and so they went down the list and they looked and yeah, he's here and he's here and they got down. But there's no there's there's no Feinstein, there's no Weinstein, there's no Silverstein, there's no Goldstein. 
where are the economists? And he wanted to know where they at and where they at? They're not here. They noticed the second time around, none of the economists are here. He became angry and he said, go get them, find them. They went, they looked, where are they at? Oh, where is Feinstein and Weinstein and Silverstein and Goldstein? They're dedicating the new diamond exchange. And they're there, and it's, they made it a family event. They've got their kids with them. Zale, Kay, and Jared. They're there at the Diamond Exchange celebration. They're not there to worship. So he becomes angry. He becomes angry. He has a, a fiery furnace built, and he brings them in. And he said, listen, he said, hadn't I been nice to you? you, you I brought you over, I taught you, and you went through our schools of finance, you went through our higher learning facilities, and, and you have been elevated, you are the economist of my nation. What is wrong? Why can't you honor me? And they looked at him, and they said, we appreciate all you've done. But we are not the economists of this nation because you chose us. We're the economists of this nation because we have a covenant with Almighty God. And so, O king, we serve the God who we have covenant with. And we believe that he'll take care of us. No matter what goes on, he's going to take care of us. And the king says, but you don't understand. I've educated you. I've, I've elevated you. And they said, no. We believe we are here by divine providence of God. We are the economists of not only your nation, but the world. And so therefore, we're not going to bow down to you. You're not our, our God. You're not our provision. We're the economists. We know you're not our provision. You're not our source. You're not our resource. Everything that we have comes from Almighty God. And so he became, he becomes angry and he heats a fire, you know, seven times hotter and gets it real hot and whatever he can. And he takes them and he uh, puts them in this fire. Now I find it interesting how they went in the fire, fully clothed. They just come from the grand opening of the diamond exchange. They're dressed to the hilt. And they put them in this fire and 
when he puts them in the fire, they just walk around. Just walk around in the fire, and uh, they are uh, joined by, by an angel of the Lord, see. And everybody's watching this. Whoa. Look at these. How can they do that? How can they do that? Because they knew, number one, who their God was. Number two, who is their provision? Who is their source? Who is their resource? And they knew that no matter what the world tried to do to them, that they had angel assigned to them to make sure that they were going to be all right. See, now that's a that's a great story, but how do we apply it to today? My wife asked me yesterday, said, what are you going to be preaching on? I said, okay, the title of my message is, Can You Take the Heat? Can you take the heat? Heat. Hazardous. Economic assault test. Heat. Hazardous economic assault test. It is there to destroy all means of survival and support in the private sector. It is there to cancel out all self-employment. You're writing all this down because that's where we're living. Heat, hazardous economic assault test. That's what we as the church who are covenant people with God. Now watch this closely. Those men in that fire were covenant men based upon a covenant God had with Abraham. Now the Bible says that Jesus Christ when we believed on him, he gave us the blessings of Abraham. So therefore, we as a church are looked at by God to be the official economist of the world. You've got to get this. If you don't get it, you will always be the third person out. As a Christian, you will always take the crumbs and the leftovers. Your name will never be on a building out at Nova University. 
want you to think about it. Until the church realizes that the covenant God cut with Abraham has been extended to her through Jesus Christ and the covenant he had, God had with these three, these four individuals, we have that covenant today. God expects the church to control the economy and the economics of the world. But Christians do not believe that. They think the poorer you are, the closer you are to God, and that's the opposite. The poor never get into the throne room. The poor always are outside. We have a covenant with God to control the economy of this world. And people don't realize that. The church doesn't believe that. They don't think that we are that important to God. But we are. I want you to think about that. I teach people, and some people have picked up on it, you never work for money. Money works for you. But unfortunately, out of the 100 plus people we have at Abundant Living Ministries, the majority of them do not believe that. They are working for money. They don't know what it is to let money work for them. And it's a sad situation. Because you have been given a covenant right by God to demand money work for you. God never promised to bless you when you work for money. He promises to bless you when money works for you. Now, when you get that through your thinking, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, your whole life can change. Your whole life will change. You have to make up your mind that no matter what, wherever you got to start at, from this day forward, you will never work for another dollar. But every dollar will work for you. Wherever I go, whatever I do, when I release finances or money out of my hand, it's in my mind right here, no matter where it's at, when I release that, I release it with the attitude that that dollar, that money, that finance is working for me. It's working for me on my behalf. That's why it's fun to give money away. That's why it's fun to be able to walk up and put money in somebody's hand. Because when I give it to somebody, that money is working for me. 
Let me, let me show you a secret here. When I walk up, if I were to walk up to you and give you, let's say, a $100 bill. Yeah. Ooh, wow. Man, what did I do to didn't know? It's not what you've done to get it. It's what you're going to do with it that I'm putting that money in your hand because everything you do for the glory of God, I'm going to get a return on it. That money is going to work for me. And that's what I want people to know. When people come up to me and, and put money in my hand, don't put it in me of something I've done. You're putting money in my hand for what I'm about to do with it. And I'm going to do something with it that for whatever reason, you don't have opportunity to do it. But when you put that money in my hand, whatever I do for the glory of God, you're going to get a return on it. And that's the way you've got to do. That's the way you've got to understand. You don't give people money for what they've done. You give people money for what they're going to do. Is anybody getting this? I want you to see this is the economy that the church has been given the power and authority to function in. This is the power. We know what that economy is in the church. We've taught you. Pentecost is the economy of the church. And on the day of Pentecost, God poured out his spirit on those guys, not for what they had done but for what they were going to do with it. They were a bunch of scared people. So God was not giving them the Holy Spirit on based on what they had done. He was giving them the Holy Spirit based on what they were going to do with it. It's not a matter of when you ask God for the Holy Spirit. It doesn't, it's not a matter of what you've done up to that point. See, that's where the church has missed it and we got ourselves in trouble. We think that you've got to do all this to get it. No, you get it so you can do all that. Is everybody getting this? This is the economy. This is the economy of the world. Pentecost is the economy that God wants the church to introduce to the world. Now, with that in mind, we have this heat, this hazardous economic assault test coming to us as the church. This is the second test. This is not the first test. The first test was covid The church obscenely vacated in darkness. That's COVID. Church obscenely vacated in darkness. That's COVID. That was test one. And unfortunately, most churches failed it. Because when COVID come, they shut down. They, 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 are, they are obscenely vacated in darkness. In other words, there's nobody in there. They're vacated. They're, it's vacant. The churches are vacant. They're dark. Why? Because they failed the first test. COVID was a test on the church who are the divine economic personnel that God put on the earth 
We are the economist of all the earth and the first test we got was COVID and we failed it and we shut our doors and we cut the lights off and our pews are empty. We failed in COVID. But aren't you glad God's merciful? That first test, Satan threw at us and we failed it miserably. The church buckled. Why? Because she does not know what we started out with today. She doesn't understand that she has a covenant with Almighty God, that she is the, the, the economist, the official economist of all the earth. How the church goes is how the economy will go. The reason we're losing thousands of jobs is because we got thousands of churches empty. The church had to be empty before the workplace because the church controls the economics of a nation. The only reason we're losing jobs is because we're losing parishioners in church. That's the only reason. If the church would have said, no, we recognize this is a test and we're not going to cut our lights off. We're not going to close our doors. Our people are not going to stop coming. Our people are going to be here. We are here because we are the economists of the earth. And if we shut down, the world shuts down. And that's exactly what happened. When the doors of the church closed, so did the jobs that we had been privileged to have in the last several years. And we're losing them by the thousands. Why? Because the churches with thousands of people are closed. You've got to get this, people. You've got to get this. The city, this church was divinely called to this city of Pembroke Pines. We were called here. I don't know about anybody else. Don't even care. All I know is we were called here. And how this church goes determines Pembroke Pines. We've not closed, but yet we've got people who have never been back since last. Pastor Francis was talking to the city the other day in one department that we're working with. They said they had, I believe, 20 employees. They're down to six. Where are the other ones? Well, where are the other people who said that last year they filled out ALM associates forms, but this year you can't find them? As the church goes, so goes the city in which they're assigned to. That's the reason why years ago when that 9-11 hit, who did the city call? They called us. They called me. They said, will you be the one that when we call the city together, you'll be there to pray. And I went around to there. I went around to the police department. I went around to the others praying with them. Why? Because they looked at us. Why? Because, hey, they knew out of all of these churches and all these denominations, who did they go to? They didn't even go to their own little church. Who did they call? They called ALM. They called this pastor to be the chaplain of the city at that time. Why? Because God divinely sent me here. 
Why? Because I know I control the economy. This, this church controls the economy of this city. Hello, I'm talking some good stuff. Y'all looking at me like, gee, man, I can't even pay my light bill. That's because you don't understand making money work for you. You're still working for money. You're still asking God for something he gave you 2,000 years ago. He gave you all the money. The silver and gold's been given to you years ago. The cattle in a thousand years, uh, hills have been given to you years ago. And you're still begging God to help you get enough money to pay, you, pay your house payment. Are you out of your mind? Once I found this out, once I understood this, I don't have to beg God for anything. I don't even... Y'all are looking at me like I'm a guest speaker or something. <laughs> Pembroke Pines is unique. Abundant Living Ministries is unique because we are here and we have been given an assignment for this city. I don't know about any other city. I don't know about any other. I know about this one. I know what our job is in this city. I know exactly what it is, see? But the people who are associates of Abundant Living Ministries have got to start living their covenant life and quit whining to God about what they don't have because they have got it all. You don't have to eat bologna, baby. You got a cattle on a thousand hills. simply because you come to Abundant Living Ministries. That's why it's important to fill out that form. You're an associate. When you fill that, that's an honor to be an associate of Abundant Living Ministries who's been called of God as an economic expert for this city of Pembroke Pines. You're privileged. Now, see, people don't want to hear that. People, they don't want you to know that. Why? <laughs> They're like the Chaldeans. They don't want you to be who you are. They resent you being who you are. But see, we're saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're not like these other people. We're not bowing down. We're not looking at some of the source. We're not waiting for, for to get a stimulus, a stimulus check. I don't think I've ever got one. I don't think I never did. Years ago, I think it was a President Bush or somebody sent out something, a stimulus check. We never got ours. I don't know what I'm doing. They claim we got one. We never got it. I, I say, well, somebody that needed it worse than me must have got it. And the postal or somebody. I don't depend on stimulus checks. Why would I do that? I'm stimulated. This is my stimulation right here. I'm so excited about this right here. Just right here. Because I know who I am. I know who I am. I, 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 funny, we went, up, we went up to the city some months ago, and it was so funny. We were all sitting there, you know, and... I think Brother Jeff Green was with us and Pastor France and Pastor Thad and I was there with him. We just sitting in a room there, these people there, and all of a sudden in walks uh, city manager Charles Dodge. 
So when Charles Dodge walks in, Charles, I stand up when he sees me. We come over and grab each other and embrace like we do here in church. And his employee looked at him like, and they looked at it said, because you don't, you don't usually see that. That's the kind of relationship we have. He's the city manager. He controls the city for years. That's just the way it is. See, when you know who you are, like these three, like these four, with Daniel included, when you know who you are and recognize you have a covenant with Almighty God, and in that covenant is a, that's what we're talking about, a calling and a gifting and so forth. We're talking about these things. And you realize who you are. You begin to function in that. No matter what comes, everything's going to be all right. So the first test was COVID, and we, the church, really messed up on that one. Thank God ALM didn't, but, you know, we had some people that fell by the wayside, but so be it. That was our choice. Somebody asked me one time, said, well, when they don't, when they, people don't come to church anymore, don't you think you should? I said, no. They know where I'm at. They know where I'm at on Sunday. They know where I'm at. I'm not going to be running them down. I'm not going after them. They were bold enough to leave. They can stay gone. If they come back, they come back on their own. I don't beg nobody. I'm not going to do that. This is a privilege to be here. See? And it's not, I'm not the one that, that decides whether they're going to be here or not. It's all about their relationship with God. But these men, these men, they recognized that they had a covenant with God and they were not going to bow to the, uh, the king or the uh, Nebuchadnezzar of that day. They, they just weren't going to do that. Because they had a covenant with Almighty God. Now, this, this test too, like we said, is that hazardous economic assault test. It's, uh, it's the heat. And I said, can you, can, can you take the heat? In other words, the church now, we, we've had COVID. Now the second test is going to be this test of heat. It's going to be a hazardous economic assault test. It's going to come on the church. The enemies of the kingdom of God, the enemies of, of righteousness are going to try to do everything they can to cut off the money flow to the church. They're going to try to cut it off. Because they feel like if they can cut the money flow off to the church, the church will wither and be gone. They couldn't stop it with COVID. Now they're going to try it with the economics. See? And, and, and what happens? They, they, this, this, this test 
this heat test, it, it, it destroys all means of survival and support in the private sector. We will find employment cancellation. People are going to be out of work. But watch it closely. There is a scheme going on here. If I can take away all of your income, then I can control you. As soon as you go a couple of days and you're hungry, as soon as you go a couple of days and there's no air conditioning, there's no lights. As soon as you go a couple of days and the water is cut off. It's already happening. It's happening on the West Coast. It's happening in other places already. They cut the water off like they do in these other countries. They cut the water off for only certain hours a day or sometimes not even, not even on a daily basis. It's sometimes several days. They cut the power off. They cut the electricity off. What is that all about? It's all about control. They controlled us with our toilet paper. They controlled us with our paper products. You'll see them control us with gasoline prices. What was $2 today will be $5 in just a little while. What is it? That's the test. That's the heat test. That's that hazardous economic assault test that's coming on the church. Remember, these three guys weren't spared the fire. They had to go in it. But God was there with them. So you have no excuse for letting these things stop you from being at ALM. Ooh. Well, you know, I can't go anymore. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm out of work. And, and uh, oh, sound like that heat test to me. Well, you know, we don't have any gas. Uh, sound like that heat test to me. Every, I want you to, you need to take Daniel 3 and take it as, as your, you, you know, every day you should read it. We're going through the fire. There's going to be a heat test on the church, but it depends on what the people are going to do with it. And the economy will not get better until the church decides that she is not going to bow her knee if I don't have gas I'll walk if I can afford a bicycle fine but if I can't I'll walk but I'm going to be in church. Somebody said, well, what you going to do when you run out of food? I'm going to go outside and start looking in the trees. That's what Jesus did when he was hungry. He started looking at the trees. 
I remember years ago we had a man that would come to church, Randy Cup. Y'all probably don't remember Randy. Randy, he, he had a disease, it was really bad office, so. And he couldn't get, he couldn't get uh, healed. And he would walk, he was trying to be healthy and he'd walk and, you know. He was somewhere down here, on the, down at Hollywood Beach somewhere, he's walking. And so all of a sudden he's walking, he's, man, he's just in bad shape. And said, God spoke to him. He said, look up there at that tree. And Randy said he stopped and looked at that tree and God said, go over there and pick those leaves and eat them. And he said, it's crazy out of your mind. Randy said, but God said it. And hey, I wasn't getting healed no how. So he went over there and picked him some leaves and ate them and God divinely healed him. So when you run out of food, honey, start looking at the trees. Start looking at the trees, baby. Hallelujah. And God has a tree in your pathway. There'll always be a tree there for you. There'll always be a tree. So when you don't have any money, on any food in the cupboard, just go outside and start looking at the tree. Say, shikam old shy, just bring it on. Glory to God. Somebody said, well, I don't know them. All I see is a bunch of birds. That's a good sign. The old prophet said that when he saw the birds coming, he knew food was on the way. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You have a covenant with Almighty God to be the economist of our world. And when the church takes her rightful place, as these four guys did, three in the fire and Daniel prayed, when we begin to take our rightful place, things are going to turn around. But what happened here? When they did this, the king sees it, calls them out. And, and what does he say about it? He said, you guys, he said, the God that you serve has even changed the Constitution, the king's words. He said they've had to put an amendment to the Constitution because of you guys and your covenant with your God. Right now, we've traded the Bill of Rights for a shrill of frights, but that's going to change. What they meant for our harm is going to be for our good. The church is going to, watch, write this down, my God. When God shows you something, don't get all anxious if you don't see it in the natural for a while. If God said it, it's done. And a lot of times God, don't, God will be working underneath. You won't even see what he's doing. If God tells you something, you better make sure God's doing it. But you might not see it for a while, but he's still doing it. Now write this down. You're going to see, you're going to see the church. The church is going to be... the author of a new, a new amendment to the Constitution of the United States. Watch this. The enemy 
wants to change the Constitution. The enemy does not want to respect the Constitution. Why? Because the enemy knows from Genesis 3 that the church is going to bring about an amendment to the Constitution and it's going to be a blessing to the people of Almighty God, the covenant people of Almighty God. And so the enemy from Genesis 3, to Genesis, uh, the enemy is going to try to stop that. That's why they want us to do away with the Constitution. That's why they want us to ignore the Constitution because the enemy knows that the church is going to write an amendment for this Constitution that's going to turn the, change the world. Why have we got to have an amendment to the Constitution? because we have to be able to finance the revival that's going to cover the earth. And what the Chaldeans meant for harm to us. It's going to turn around. He said, you have changed. He said, you changed the Constitution and it ends up with that chapter saying, and he promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What's going to happen? The church will rule. Church going to rule. And just think, right now you're in on the ground floor of it. If you've got brains enough to... <laughs> but you've got to start living like it now. You've got to start living like it now. You've got to defeat... This test of heat. And if you do, it's going to get, it's going to be the funnest year you've ever had in your life. It's going to be a fun year. Fun in 21. Turn to the person beside you and say, I'm going to have fun, fun, fun. Said, I'm going to stand back fold my arms and watch my money work for me. And it will bring me a harvest. It's going to happen. Can you take the heat? Can you take the heat? Father, I thank you for the word today. I thank you for those that are watching. I thank you, Lord God, for those that are in this room. We thank you, Lord, for your word, for its life into our spirit, medicine unto our flesh. And Lord God, no matter what the test might be, no matter what Satan, no matter what the Chaldeans, no matter what the enemy might throw at the church, Father, we will, we will be successful. We shall overcome and we shall be the economist of this world. And I thank you now. I thank you, my Father, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen.